since it's the Christmas season, Merry Christmas, um, we're going to be talking, obviously, all about Jesus. All about Jesus, and we're probably going to, we probably maybe will talk about some things that you may not know about, or maybe you haven't heard about before, and through this season. And and so, we're going to talk about some pretty interesting things, and we're starting in the book of Matthew. Um, Now, Matthew, he was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of Jesus' followers. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but before he was one of Jesus' followers, anybody know what he was? He was a tax collector. How many people love tax collectors? Nobody does. Nobody likes tax collectors. And so you got to imagine this. Imagine this. So Jesus, Jesus already has, listen, listen. Jesus already has with him a guy named John. If you know John, um, you, then you know he was, he was a little bit of a jerk. Like he, he was kind of a mouthy guy, kind of a, a big mouth. And so he, I'm sorry, John, John, Peter, I'm sorry. Peter was kind of a mouthy. He was kind of a jerk. And you got to imagine this. So they're walking through this town and then Jesus comes up on Matthew, the tax collector. And nobody likes tax collectors because what, what Matthew did was he worked for the Roman government and he would collect money from, from the Jewish people to give to the Romans. But what Matthew did, he would charge a little bit extra and keep to himself. And that's typically what ta- tax collectors did back in that day. And so you got to imagine they walk up, you know, Peter, he's a Jew and, and Matthew, he's working, he's a Jew, but he's working for the Romans. So they got to imagine they're walking up on Peter and, and he's collecting taxes and nobody likes tax collectors. And so Jesus walks up to him and he's like, Hey, uh, Matthew, I want you on my team. Follow me. Come with me. You got to imagine Peter was like, what? No. Not this guy. I don't want him on our team. No way. And he got, you know, he was a big, loudmouth, kind of a jerk kind of guy. And he's probably in the background all the time traveling around with Jesus. You're on Matthew again, like talking about, like maybe throwing stuff at him, like when no one's looking. Like, no, he, he, you got to imagine he didn't like Matthew. And so Matthew, he was a tax collector. But he was one of Jesus' disciples, but he wrote the first book of the New Testament called, yeah, Matthew. And, and so we're starting with the book of Matthew. He was one of Jesus', Jesus disciples. He wrote this book about Jesus. Now, Matthew, he was a Jew, like I said, and he started out, he was a tax collector. And, and um, I don't know if you guys knew this, maybe you've heard this, but in Jewish culture, years in the history of the Jewish culture, there, there were many, many, many prophecies about Jesus coming to the earth. And the, the Jewish people thought that Jesus would, and the prophecies were that Jew, Jesus was going to come back and save the humanity, save the earth, save the Jewish people. So you got to imagine the Jewish people probably thought Jesus, he was going to come back as a warrior. He was going to come back with a sword and like cut people up. And like he was, he was going to come back maybe as a king and rule over everybody. But, but Jesus didn't come like that at all. He didn't show up like that at all. They, there were prophecies about Jesus coming and that he was going to come and be the savior, not just of the Jews, but the savior of all. Well, like I said, they thought he was going to be a great warrior or a great king. And, and like he would come and physically and powerfully overflow, overthrow the, the Roman government. But that's not the way he came. How many of you guys would say that you come from a pretty messed up family? Maybe not like your immediate family, but like down the line family. You've got some people that are that are kind of messed up. You got maybe you got someone in in, in jail in, in prison. Maybe you got family who's 
who, yeah, yeah, you got family who, um, who, who have, who done some bad things. Like I, I would say most of us in this room, somewhere down our family line in our family tree, there's some crooked branches somewhere. Right. And so I, I think a lot of us, um, we have, or we come from, or we have people in our family that are kind of messed up. Uh, like I said, maybe not in your immediate family, um, but somewhere in your family tree, um, like you would probably like want to hide some people like you, you, maybe you wish some of those branches would have fallen off of your tree. So like, I don't know them. Like you probably have those family members. Like we don't, the name we don't speak of, like we don't talk about them. Like weird uncle creepy over there. Like we don't talk about him. Um, but I, I think a lot of us would have people somewhere around in our family that we're not exactly proud of. Well, one of these prophecies about Jesus, about the coming Jesus, was that he would come from the lineage of King David. King David. He would come from King David. And so back in this day, your lineage, your family history was a huge deal. Like that was everything. Like the family that you came from, that was a really, really, really big deal. And so um, like uh, in our Emerge family right here, We've got a pretty great lineage. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've had students come out of here that are now pastors of churches. We've had people come out of here that are now leaders uh, of great um, uh, spiritual movements. We've had people who come out of here who are great business people. We've had people come out of this group that are are very uh, successful people. We've got a great lineage that has come out of Emerge Youth Church, but also part of our family we have some people that have come out of Emerge that are pretty messed up, that that are, have have some faults, that that maybe we're not so proud of. That this kid was in my youth group. You know what I'm saying? Like we we we've got it all. We've got some great people, and we got some people that have really made some mistakes. Well, in Matthew one, we find the lineage of Jesus, and we're going to read tonight. And I want you to hang with me while I read this because we're going to read the first seventeen verses of Matthew. Um, so please hang with me because I'm going to attempt something tonight. I'm going to attempt to properly read all these names. Um. Actually, here's what I want you to do tonight. Actually, I want you to picture Morgan Freeman reading this to you. Like, like, wouldn't it be cool if Morgan Freeman read the Bible to you? Like, so Morgan, if you ever listen to this podcast, this is an open invitation for you to come and read the Bible to us. So here's what we're going to do. If you got your Bible, go to the book of Matthew. We're going to start in, in, in chapter one, verse one. Like I said, We're going to read the first 17 verses. Um, If you brought your Bible, follow along. If you did not, follow along on the screen. Um, Please, 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 please just hang with me because you need to hear these names. You probably recognize some of these people that we talk about. Um, And it goes like this. This is the genealogy of... And if if you're old school Bible reader, you would call this the begats. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but this is the, this, this person begat this person. It's like the begats, but you may not have that version. And so here's what we're reading. The genealogy of Jesus. Verse one. You ready? I'm going to attempt to read these names. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
Also, that was a really big deal too. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar. Remember that name. And Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. That's a cool name. And Ram the father of Amenadab. <laughs> Amenadab. Wow. Aminadab, who was the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. I don't know how you guys, maybe you say Salmon, um, but I am going to call it Salmon. Um, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. I like that one. Um, And Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah. That's a cool name. If you have two Z's in your name, you're pretty cool. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. And Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of deportation to Babylon. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're only on verse 12. Hang with me. We have a few more to go. And after the deportation uh, to Babylon... Uh, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Ooh, look at the person next to you and say Zerubbabel. That's fun to say, Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Elikim, Elikim. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And um, I came the father of Iliad. And Iliad, the father of Eleazar. And Eleazar, the father of, of Matin. Not Manhattan, but Matin. Uh, Man, Matin, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is also called Christ. Then it says this. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation uh, to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. <sighs> that is. Now, here's the deal. Listen, why is this a big deal? Why is this important? Why is this a big deal? See, Jesus, he had a pretty interesting heritage. He came from a pretty interesting line of people. How many of you guys, um, for a moment, how many of you guys, when your family gets together, maybe at Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas, you got to take the family Christmas photo? You guys do that? You got to take the big, the family Christmas photo together. You got to take the picture together. Um, and, and here's the deal. It always gets crazy at that time, especially if you have little ones. Because here's what's going on. You got the, the family and the little kids lined up in front of the camera. And then you got people behind the camera going, hey, hey, trying to get the attention of the little kids. And go, 
like making noises, like, look at me, everyone look at the same time. Like, and it's crazy. You're like, you're jumping around and, and you're hopping and you're trying to get everyone's attention so you can take the best family photo. Um, like, like I said, like you're behind the camera, like you're making funny faces, you're making noises, you're jumping around, just trying to get their attention. Um, real quick, do your best impression of the person behind the camera. That's it. So waving your arms, making noises, trying to get the attention of the kids in front of the camera. Um, But here, listen, listen, listen. Talking about an Emerge family Christmas. um, Here's what I want us to understand. Listen, I I want us to understand a little bit of the heritage of Jesus. Um, And so we're going to look at a few of these people in Jesus' family tree. Um, So Jesus had some pretty messed up people in his family tree. Just kind of like a lot of us. A minute ago when I asked you guys, you said you got some pretty messed up people. Jesus had some pretty messed up people in his family tree. For instance, there was a lady named Tamar. 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 That one. She was a prostitute. Um, if, if you don't know what that is, um, ask your parents. Um, but seriously, no, (laughs) but like, (laughs) wow. So listen, Jesus is Jesus. Jesus family heritage. Listen, listen, here in a moment, you're going to hear a a few of these people in Jesus family here. Jesus family heritage would like in in nowadays, they would probably be on like the Mari Povich show. You know, you'd be good. Mari, Mari, like in like this family of Jerry or like Jerry Springer, Jerry, like fighting and like pulling weaves out and all that kind of stuff. But, but here's the deal. Um, (laughs) Actually, in Jesus' family heritage, there wasn't only one prostitute. There was two. There was also another one named, uh, a lady named Rahab. And, and I, you can read about her in the book of Joshua. But there's also Ruth. Ruth was in, listen, shh. Ruth was in Jesus' family tree. Now, Ruth, she was from an incestuous tribe from a guy named Lot. And now... Uh, if you don't know what incest is, it is it's like when family members um, make a family of their own together, which is very, very wrong, very, very wrong. Don't do that. Um, it, it's 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 like if you were from the south, they would. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this name. Listen, listen, listen. If you're if you're from the south, you probably heard the term kissing cousins, right? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe that's along the lines of, and that's the reason, part of the reason that Arkansas gets made fun of. Um, and here's the deal. Here's the deal about Ruth. I, I got to hurry. Here's the deal about Ruth. Ruth, shh, Ruth wasn't even a Jew. She wasn't even from Jewish descent. And, and so long story short about Ruth, she ends up finding a guy named Boaz and he takes her and he totally redeems her. Which it's, it's an amazing story. There's a whole book in the Bible about Ruth. You need to read it sometime. And then we come to this guy named King David. Or just David. And he was a king. King David. And 
Here's the deal. David, King David, was a huge deal to the Jewish people. He was really, really important to the Jewish people. Everyone knows that he was a great king. He was a great warrior. He was a great songwriter and so much more. He was a great man. But King David wasn't always so great. There was a night where he was hanging out on the roof of his house. And um, David, he, he gets out his phone and, you know, he's he's looking at, pictures he's looking at things that he shouldn't be looking at and and uh his heart was filled with lust obviously they didn't have phones back in this day um but david he's on top of his house he's on the roof of his palace and he's looking out over his kingdom and he spots this lady named Bathsheba and who was the wife of one of his lieutenants, um, who at that time was away at war. Now, for some reason, um, I, I, I don't understand this all, but some reason Bathsheba was bathing on top of her house, on the roof of her house. And I, I don't, which is weird. I don't understand. I don't get this. Um, but long story short, I'm not going into it, but long story short, um, Bathsheba and David one have a one night stand. And they, they, Bathsheba ends up pregnant. So David, David tries to come up with these plans and he tries to come up with these schemes um, to try to get out of it. But eventually it comes out that the, that the baby was David's. The whole, the whole thing comes out. And eventually they have another son named Solomon. And you may have heard of Solomon, but supposedly Solomon was the smartest man to ever live. You guys ever heard that? Supposedly the smartest man to ever live. Um, But Solomon had a thousand wives. I don't know if that's real. I have one wife. And it's awesome. Um, So anyways, this guy had a thousand wives and, and... Here's the deal about all of his wives and then it talks about these concubines and all this stuff. It's, it's weird. And so all these women from all these different tribes, from all these different countries, from all these different cultures, and they worshiped many, many different kinds of gods. They worshiped different kinds of gods. And a, a long story short, Solomon, who was supposedly the wisest man that ever lived, ended up building all of these temples to honor all of these different gods instead of just worshiping the one true God. And then there was this guy uh, also in Jesus's family lineage, his family tree. His name was Manasseh. Everybody say Manasseh. This guy was king at age 12. Do we have any 12 year olds in here? Are you serious? I'm just kidding. Um, He was king at age 12. So imagine Lily king or queen, which is, she thinks she is, but (laughs) so I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. She's awesome. But, but here's the deal. Manasseh ruled as king for 55 years. He ruled as king. And, and by my accounts, by things that I've heard, by things that I've read, this guy, was the worst king who ever ruled. <coughs> Excuse me. He was the worst king who ever ruled. He worshiped other gods other than our God, other than, and, and he ran, 
He ran God's people into the ground. He did so many bad things. He was not a good guy. There were many, many more people that in Jesus's lineage and his heritage that we don't have time to talk about tonight. But these people um, were just a few of the people in Jesus' heritage. This brings us to Matthew 1, 18, the very next one. It simply says this. This is how the Messiah was born. So it goes through this whole list of people. This whole people who, who a lot of them are bad, rough people you don't want in your family tree, that you don't want in their, your heritage. And then it, gets, it names all these people. Then verse 18, it says, this is how the Messiah was born. See, amidst all this mess of people who are a part of Jesus' family tree, scandalous things, this is how the Messiah was born. Let me tell you the, the hope in all of this. <clears throat> a lot of times in with our American Christianity, we feel like we have to we feel like we have to clean up in order to come to Jesus. We feel like we have to be perfect in order to, to be around Jesus. We feel like we have to be we feel like we have to fix ourselves in order to come to church. We have to do all the right things in order to be accepted by Jesus. But the reality is <clears throat> the reason the first 17 verses of the entire New Testament are the, the reason that they're like this is to give us a lens to understand who God is, who Jesus is. Um, could I have Kristen come up and, and play a little bit? Think about this. Because he's God, because he's God, he got to hand select who he came from. He had the opportunity to hand select who he came from, the family that he came from, the lineage that he came from. He got to set up in heaven and say, I want, to, I want that person to be in my family. I want this person to be a part of my family. I want to come from this, this group of people. I want to come from there. He got to handpick who he gets to take his Christmas family photo with. And he chose hookers. He chose broken. He chose sinful he chose terrible people. He chose idol worshipers. He chose foreigners. He chose people of different color. He chose outcasts. He chose murderers. He chose people who, who felt like that they didn't belong. He chose people who had been abused. He chose those who had been raped. He chose people who were, were dirty and full of shame. People who thought that they had no friends. Jesus wanted to make it very, very, very clear to all of us that his heritage, heritage points directly to you and I tonight. Having hope and having the hope that you and I are chosen to be a part of his family. See, listen, there's no sin that you've ever committed. There's no wrong thing that you've ever done or even currently committing. There's nothing that, that you will ever commit that will scare or push you away from God or will push God away from you. There's nothing you could ever do. Here's the great thing about Jesus. He runs towards sinners. He runs towards sinners. 
not away from them. No other religion in this world runs towards sinners. They try to remove themselves from it. And that's what makes Christianity different. Jesus says, you're messed up. I don't care. I love you anyways. You you sin. I don't care. I still love you. You're a bad person. That doesn't matter. I love you anyways. Jesus says, I'm entering into your brokenness. I'm entering into your secrets. I'm entering into your addiction. I'm entering entering into your anxiety, your greed, your depression, your racism, your family dysfunction. dysfunction. I'm entering into all of your insecurity, entering into all of your sins. And I say yes to you. See, Jesus runs towards you tonight. See, the the Christmas story is all about him running towards us, coming to be with us. It doesn't matter what you are currently doing or what you have done. Jesus says yes to you. So I've got two quick really i got two truths for you tonight two really quick things the first thing is there's hope for us there's hope for us think about that there's hope for you christmas means that there's hope for you you can be accepted you can be forgiven god sees exactly how you are and he still loves you he isn't intimidated by your sins He loves you. There's hope for us. Let me ask you tonight. Have you decided? Have you you received that hope in your life? Have you accepted that hope into your life? Because he, he steps right in the middle of your dysfunction. And he still loves you. He wants you in his Christmas family picture. He says yes to you. But will you say yes to him? Here's the other thing I want you to know. The second thing, there's hope for others. There's hope for others. And and I think, we'll think about the first 17 verses. That's a mess. That's amazing. We, We just talked about a few of those people in that story, in his lineage. That's a mess. Those of you in this room, who, who are Christians in this room. You call yourself a Christian, a follower of, your, a follower of Jesus tonight. Uh, I'm talking to you here for a moment. Once you've received his hope, once you've accepted that into your life, when you accept, accepted him as your Lord and your Savior and you understand it, hope-filled people go and tell others about the hope of Jesus. We, we kind of say it like this here at Emerge, that found people find people. Could I have our, our leaders uh, come to the front, stand across the front? See, listen, that's why, that's the reason hope, hope-filled people want to share that hope with other people. That's the reason that we invite people to church. That's why you bring them to Emerge. That's why you go after the unlovable, the addicted, the down, the lost, the the lost. And, And we run towards them with this incredible hope because Jesus ran after us. Amen. As I close tonight, I've got to ask, have you said yes to the hope of Jesus?
Have you said yes to that hope of Jesus? See, tonight Jesus puts his arms around you and he says, I want you in my family. Amidst all your dysfunction, amidst all of your sin, Jesus still wants you in his family. With that, could I get everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? You know, there's times when, you, when you're alone, when maybe you're lying in your bed at night, you're, you're thinking about life and, and you're thinking about those, those deep questions. You're, you're thinking about, maybe you're thinking about eternity and, and maybe you're questioning. Can you say that you have that hope of eternity, that hope of, of salvation? Do you have the hope that you've been forgiven of your sins? Do you have the hope that being that that you're a part of the family of God? Is that hope there in your life? Tonight, Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts tonight. And Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to respond to your word. God, I pray that students would be bold tonight and they would respond to what you've called them to respond to. And maybe it'd be salvation tonight. Maybe it'd be hurting or pain going on in our lives. Lord, we respond to your message tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name.